standing on the arrowhead at arrowhead. Brinkley to snap, turn to hold, snap, set, kick on the way. Good! One safety in this half. Drive starts at the one and looking for a little breathing room and they get that in. Plenty more. Derek Henry still going. Stays in bounds. He might go. 99 yards for the touchdown. Unbelievable. Welcome to an emergency edition of the Transatlantic Titans podcast. Um, Adam here. I have Mars with me. Hey, Mars. Hello, hello. And I have Greg with me. Hi, Greg. Hello. Um, we had to get together. Um, there was nothing else for it. The shock announcement. Well, I say shock. Um, may- maybe not a surprise, but the shock announcement initially from the team, from the Tennessee Titans, to announce the retirement of the greatest punter. No, greatest player of any team of all time, of any sport. Um, Brett Allen Kern is uh, hanging up his cleats, as they say. Um, I, yeah, it, it, feel, it felt like the right time. Um, long story short, as sad as it seems, um, his career as a Titan had obviously come to an end and we were slowly but surely beginning to accept that. Um, but yeah, he's he's done it. He's announced it through the team and there was a, a lengthy press conference as well. And it's just a reflection of the guy and how how good he was and just yeah how popular he was that a punter could do something like that and have the response that it did and greg it feels only right to start with you um what were your thoughts yeah it was uh, a press conference that i mean uh, weirdly the one who summed it up for me the best is the person i least expected to sum out the best and it was pat mcafee and his tweet of <laughs> that we are the only team in NFL history who has had a punter on the side of their stadium. Um, and I think that's the respect that, that obviously he has obviously got for him. But I think, yeah, he's... The Pat guy McAfee was... would have loved to have had that, wouldn't he? On oh, the, 100%. On the side of that stupid like oh, a, warehouse in Indianapolis. He'd have loved that. That's just envy. That's all it is. Yeah, it's a little bit of envy, but I think it's also a respect to just how how good he was. And uh, I don't think there's, you know, this is a league where players come and go and to have someone with the longevity of uh, of Brett Kern playing at the level that he played at. Um, I genuinely think for probably 10 of those 13 years, he was the best player we had in our team. Um, and yeah, I mean, we call him the GOAT. We're probably the only podcast or one of the only podcasts who's talking about talking about a punter who's just retired. Um, I don't think there's many other teams in this in this league who are going to dedicate a podcast to a, to a retired punter, but I think that just shows again the class the man had. Um, he made he made the part of the game that no one really cares about. Most people will just get up and that's when they go and grab themselves a beer. He made it fully enjoyable, and that's. Uh, that's really all you can ask for as uh, as a man who is and forever will be the goat. He said something in the press conference about how, like the ultimate honor in a way, was the fact that, uh, well, when it's fourth down, people weren't getting up out of their seats to go and get a beer. 
Um, and that's what happens in, in most stadiums. Uh, it's, it's a, it's fourth down. We've got a punt up coming. Um, yeah, let's, you know, there's going to be a, a two minute break. Let's make the most of it. Let's make it a three minute break and beat the, beat the cues. Not with Brett Kern in the house. There's, he could do something special and people wanted to see that, which is quite, which is quite something for punter, as you say. Um, Mars, what about you? Um, where, where does he stand in terms of, um, well, your personal favourites? I mean, I think Greg has summed up very well in that it, it's it's rare for a player in this position to get the love that um, he was getting. Um, side note, I'd actually quite like Pat, Pat McAfee, regardless of who he played for. It's, get it's out. A hate of, get I know, out. I'm, sorry. I, I'm just here so I don't get sacked. Um, <laughs> fine. Yeah, as, as a player, is, I mean, when you're punting, you always assume it's going to be a negative situation for the team because it means that you've not potentially done well on offence. But actually, like, he managed to turn so many what could have been much more negative situations into positive play. Like, I dread to think how much worse the, the Titans records would have been without him because he made so many key plays when it came to such a, a, niche, a niche sort of sort of action on the field, really. It's... It's, it's, it's such an underrated position that we will never, I think, I mean, obviously we're, we're quite fortunate Stonehouse having such a good previous season where we haven't been able to truly acknowledge the difference that it makes from having a bad to good punter. Um, and I, I think that the Titans will, I mean, I don't know how much the Denver fans miss him after one season where they, they had him and just let him well, go straight away. You wonder how much they regret that, but. Not, yeah. not, not that much at the time. I mean, they cut the guy. Ultimately, they, they, they haven't acknowledged his retirement, have they? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I've not been. I've not been following the Denver. Yeah, um, it's funny you say that about the punt being a negative seeming play, or not, not, or a negative situation. You should say. And I, I, I think as a fan, like a lot of the time, the Titans are punting. You're either angry about what's just happened or lamenting just. Well, obviously, it means that a drive has stalled ultimately. Um, but I think towards the latter half of his career, in particular, the Titans had a team that, on the whole, was better on defense than offense. And there were definitely situations where we'd get, like, we might stall somewhere near midfield and where we've got, so let's say, like, say the sort of 2017 team I think of when I think of this when probably the GOAT was at his at his very best and we've got pass rushers like Brian Arakpo, Derek Morgan, Jarrell Casey and you, you look at that situation and I think actually no this is pretty exciting we can pin them deep get our defense on the field and make a play and we saw that regularly you know he'd rather than just boom it out for a touchback or just just take the play for granted you, know, you pin the pin the opposition inside the ten, inside the five, and let the defense go to work. That field position is huge, and I don't think it's just not appreciated, is it? It's it's one of those things that if you've got the ball on your own twenty after a touchback, you, there's no real pressure. It's, you it's don't have gonna, that. Yeah, it's only going to get less less and less appreciated as the years go on, as well. I think in terms of just seeing what. The NFL have done with um, with the kickoff scenarios, fair catching rule that's come in this year, which it's just eventually the return games will just cease to exist at some point. But I think what I loved most about Brett Cam was the the directional punt that, that he was able to get 
out of bounds in the 10 or in the five in, in some cases. And there isn't, there isn't punters out there who can do that. There's punters who have huge legs and can punt the ball, you know, 60 yards, but he was able to do that and direct it in, in just the, the most perfect way. And that was what, what I, if I look back at kind of talking about favorite, favorite punts of Brett Kern, <laughs> Yeah, well, like, yeah, I do. I do want to talk about our favourite punts of Brett Gurn. I do. I mean, generally. one. I mean, the, the, apart from the, the obvious one, which I'm sure someone else will take, but I, I always think back to the, the. I think it was at Kansas City a couple of years ago, and that one that just, just directional was just. I mean, I don't know what the distance. I can't remember what the distance was, but it was just. It was just perfect as to watch, and and that's. Uh, it's if, weird. If, if that's the one I'm thinking of, Iron Eagle is on commentary. Yes, and he, he is, and yeah. he just says. Boy, is he ever a pro! Just yeah. like that. you just you didn't need to. There was a that huge. You could hear the crowd roar, yeah. like one of those things again. Like the crowd are all that. That was a, it. Was a Nissan Stadium, um, yeah, and yeah. they're all on their feet applauding yeah. this, this this punter. It's just it just showed, and that was what was was great about what he did and what he had as a, as a player. And is it wasn't just a boom in the leg. It wasn't just okay. Let's punt this as far down. It will go for a touchback, but that's fine. We'll take that. Um, it was very much meticulously planned. And I think him in his interview yesterday was talking about um, you know the relationship he had with Rabel clearly, and Rabel expected a lot of him because I think Rabel saw him as as the best player that that he had probably the entire time that he was there. But certainly in the early years, he saw him as the best player he had, and he made there was almost an expectation of this has got to go within the five, and if it didn't, it was it was you're not doing your job properly, and I, and I loved that because it was <laughs> there's yeah, not yeah. many there's no head coach who's sitting there talking to their punter in that way or sitting there expecting anything from a punter. A punter is there to to just you know, okay, well the the, stall, the drive stall that's pun it away and we and we, we go again. Whereas with with Brett Kern, it was it was it was a weapon, and it was and I still think. You know, he, all the way up until until he until he left, he was he was always a weapon, and that that is just absolute gold dust. That I think we've been fortunate with with the replacement that we that we've got. I think um, I think Stonehouse has has got an incredible leg. If he can improve the directional side, he could end up being being an incredible talent. But something it's I remember interesting. We talk- Brett Kern referenced that in his press conference, which I really liked, and he yeah. obviously mentioned the fact that um, Craig Kendrick. He got hurt that year where Brett Kern came in, yeah, but he yeah. was he sort of stuck around, mentored him a bit. Um, and he's he's done the same a little bit for Ryan Stonehouse. Obviously, they were together in preseason um you know, before he was before he was cut. <laughs> um, but he yeah, they've obviously kept in touch. And yeah, Brett Kern's home's in Nashville, his heart's in Nashville. Um, I'd be shocked if he didn't have something, whether it's official or not, he have something to do with mentoring ryan stonehouse going forward um you know i bet they they have each other's number they have each other's ear um and him him saying him saying in the presser that yeah it's in safe hands with with stonehouse that's that you know what that made me ready to move on that made me almost ready to accept ryan stonehouse myself um that's and what, say that's, that's that's where it differed for like we talked about this previously with like ryan Suckup <laughs> when ryan Suckup left and it was like Within the fifty, Ryan Suckup was automatic. It was it was actually a case of you would go and get a beer when Suckup's kicking through because you know when you come back you're gonna have three points on the board, and, <laughs> and um, which which in itself is a compliment, like in the opposite which, which way. Were, yeah, yeah. It, exactly that. Whereas whereas it's uh, you know when when Suckup left, we went through 
I don't know, probably about 15 million kickers in three years, it felt like. So we've been fortunate, I think, to to get to get Stonehouse in regards to the guy's clearly got a talent. I mean, he will forever be, never will be Brett Kern, but he's at the same time. I think hopefully we are in good hands, and as long as he can finesse his game, if Brett Kern's able to help him in doing that, then yeah, win-win as far as I'm concerned. I think it's it's a it's a tricky thing because we yeah we've seen obviously Ryan Stonehouse had all that hype, and because his this his leg it just got people wow every time you see him pump the ball, and um, but yes initially some of them are going back out the back of the end zone. He doesn't he we haven't seen that directional skill yet his best punts that have been long or stopped inside the 10 inside the five have been those sort of um spinning i don't know what the, the, there's a there's probably a technical word for it those one of those high punts that bounce and almost spin backwards and stay where they are that get they get down by special teams and we've seen a few of those don't get me wrong but not in the same not those that brett kern would do that sort of go towards the corner and um, like the like the like the rugby kick um that you're kicking for touch and um, trying to get as close to the try line without going over it. Very similar to that, that he could do. Um, but yeah, but I mean, Stonehouse may well develop that and I hope he will. Cause yeah, the talents, the talents clearly there. Um, Miles going back to uh, our favorite Brett Kern punts. Um, <laughs> any, any that spring to mind. This is where the true podcast fans listening don't know for this sort of content. Um, I was thinking back to, I, I almost didn't pin it down to to one pump, but I remember the. I, I, I'm not sure if Greg was alluding to the same game, but the 2019 Kansas game, whereas the DFC uh, Championship game, where he also had his like 30 yard throw to, I want to say a Marnie Hooker, but I've been wrong before. Yeah, no, yeah, I think you're was, right. Yeah. I think you're right. I, I look back and I was just looking back at the game in general, just watching old times games and just. I, I just feel like, like you said, with the suck up, like the fact that we have like the opposite effect with suck up to Kern, where you can go get a drink when we're kicking for a field goal, but then you'll sit and wait when it's a punt. And just to me, it was just it, it was a safe pair of feet um, that we could run, and especially in in big games, like even even the playoff games I remember with uh, Baltimore and others, it's just like we knew that he would come out with a big kick to sort of keep him close to their ends on as it were to keep the pressure on in, in heat situations which was something that don't get me wrong it's you can say whether or not it's a it's a high intense position or not but he always seemed to perform even in the, the bigger games and was always consistent which in a position it's all one good like I, I'm sure if I had enough goals I might be able to nail one that might be close to the line whereas Kern was consistent every single time and it's something that you just don't you just don't get in any position in football it's very rare to have a a position where you are consistent all the time, and that's just what he watched for us. It, it was automatic, but yeah, definitely that the, the Kansas game. I, I particularly remember enjoying uh, a few of his. I think he only had maybe three or four kicks that game, but again, high pressure situation, and still managed to to boom it. The obviously that playoff run included the the win in Foxborough. Greg, Greg, you were there. Um, that that punt right at the end. Now it's sort of that's the highlight reel punt that he's going to be remembered for. Um, but it's kind of, yeah, there were, in my eyes, this is this could be the most dull thing I've ever said in my life, but in my eyes, it's not by any means the best because they didn't, they, they didn't leave a returner back there. They were just trying to block the punt. So he had that whole field, that space to work with. 
um yeah it was perfectly executed because it it rolled and bounced but if they were in return about that it wouldn't have been possible um but there was just something incredibly beautiful about it and the moment and it it was yes the next play was a pick six but you felt oh i felt that that play was the moment that game was won and what a famous victory and greg from someone in the stadium um that punt must have I mean, it's obviously it's a road game. So it's not, not um, wouldn't have generated a, a massive crowd reaction. But for you being there, um, I assume you agree. It was some. It was summed up in commentary perfection, and that's kind of what it what it felt like yeah, in, in, yeah. in the stadium as well. Is that you know when you're you're punting it away, it's a close game. Obviously, what happened afterwards it was kind of irrelevant to a, to a certain extent. But you know, you needed to needed just to get the you know the best field position you can get. And if it was one of those ones that went into the end zone for a touchback, not saying that Brady would have would have been able to do a hell of a lot with it with the time that was left, but you know, being at the one yard line, it was just it was perfection. That that for me is is yeah, like you say, it's the it's the punt everyone's going to remember. But um, talking of, of fake punts, um, another game that I was at against Tampa when he got absolutely poleaxed against uh, <laughs> against Tampa <laughs> yeah. Bay. I mean, I thought I think his his I think his soul left his body that day, but um, but <laughs> the fact he just continued continued on it was was a bit of a miracle, and also a bit fortunate that I think he wasn't down. So I think we got away with one there a little bit. But... We we definitely did. That was a uh, we were, we won that game barely as well. Yeah, it was um, close. And then even that, I think it was it might have even been the same season. And again, it was a game I was at um, a fake punt uh, throw conversion to, to Kevin Byard as well, which I'll, I'll always remember. Because um, it was one of those ones that felt like it happened in slow motion, and it was um, I, I want to say it was like fourth and eight around the fifty-yard line, something like that. It wasn't like a short yardage situation, um, and he just just threw the ball, and it just floated in the air for what felt like forever. And Bayard just about did enough to get the to get the first down. But I think that in was terms a of Chargers game, I think Chargers, yeah, yeah, yeah Chargers yeah. at home back in it was uh, Jeffrey Simmons' first game, I think, if I remember correctly. But yeah, it was one. Of, he's he's just. There's so many. I mean, look, you can you can go and watch back punts of his, and and it just it never never bores me. It's one of those parts of the game that most people don't care about, but for whatever reason, Brett Kerr made it entertaining, and uh, and even even punts that were returned for half decent distances, just seeing the the flight that that he was able to get on the ball and the distance he was able to get, as much as the the you know directional piece I was talking about earlier. Um, it's just yeah, he's one of those one of those talents that are few and far between, and teams will just cycle through punters. And the fact that we've had this, we had the same one for thirteen years, is you know, I think a testament to the man. We didn't, it didn't actually execute that many fakes in his career. Um, when you go back to Hendrick, it felt like every other game there would be some sort of fake punt <laughs> or trick play. But uh, I thought oh, maybe that's Jeff Fisher a little bit. Um, but uh, Mike Braber, when he came in, brought that in. And it, we obviously had the the buyer to Crookshank play, um, mm-hmm. which was well, Brett Kerr was obviously on the field, but not his, not his execution. Um, and then, the, yeah, the fake you're talking about against the Chargers, where he threw to Kevin Byard, but Byard tweeted about it yesterday. So he, came, he um, you know, as his personal protector um, on the on special teams. But yeah, thanks, thanks for her for being you know, his my only to date. NFL catch, um, basically, but loads of loads of players like Tannehill, all the sort of, all the sort of big names on the team who 
used Twitter like twice a year, came out to tweet about Brett Kern, and that says something as well. And yeah, how often you know you've got some players? I think Brian Tannehill's Twitter account is not really worth a follow because everything's probably done by his PR company. But that one brought him out, brought him, you know, made him re-download the app on his phone to say something about him. Um, and that says something. Side note, Mrs. Tannehill's is well worth a follow. Um, it's it's uh, it's uh, people who know the position have come out and said stuff. It's the same with, like, when you see reports where people say, like, oh, the best interior lineman, and Aaron Donald's always top, and Simmons is, like, 10th. And you look through the comments, and it's only people that really know the position that are like, like, if you if you understand the game properly, you appreciate how important the player is, and you can see it with when he's announced it. Like the people that have come out and mentioned it, like don't get me wrong. As much as we were saying how much we hate on like McAfee and stuff, like I reckon ninety five percent, maybe more, if a punter retires, who the hell cares? But to get like on a global TV scale where they could pick and choose who they're going to talk about and stuff, to get that representation, it, it's it shows that. And those in the know appreciate how much of a talent he truly was. Absolutely. Um, did you? I, I watched the whole. I'll, I'll confess, I watched the entire press conference. Um, and Mike Keith introduces it. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, he he spoke for a couple of minutes about uh, how well mostly his introduction to the team back in two thousand and nine. Um, and I, I love this. I had um, so. Yeah, Hendrick gets hurt against Houston in week two. Um, and then yeah, doesn't doesn't finish the game. I think that's his last that's his last punt in his in his career um from that injury. We try a couple of guys in the next couple of games. Um Reggie Hodges, I think. Um he played in that snow game in New England, and we go, we lose that 59-0. Don't want to talk too much about that. Um 0 and 6 go into the bye week. After the bye week. Well, during the bye week, Brett Kern comes in and he plays the, the game coming out of the bye week against Jacksonville. Um, nails every nails every single punt he uh, he performs on that day, as Mike Mike Keith talked about. And then then the Titans come back from zero and six and nearly make the playoffs. Coincidence? Not so sure. Um, but that's that felt like a metaphor for him. His introduction, the fact that. Okay, you might some might argue that Vince Young coming in for Kerry Collins had a little bit to do with it, um, but um, yeah, him coming in at that point and changing and the Titans' season completely changing. Um, but obviously, after that, there were some dark years. Um, Brett himself uh, mentioned 2014, 2015 as being as being tough, um, and I think from everything everybody you listen to that that era of Ken Wisenhunt being in charge. Uh, was as bad as it got and there was a bit of a toxic toxic locker room at times um but players like Brett Kern like Delaney Walker were there um, rode it out saw you know part of part of the team coming out the other side of that and um, we've talked about Mike Malarkey before who's sort of lamented a little bit at the time perhaps blame for the Terry Rubisky offense um you know a bit a bit like we've had more recently with Todd Downing but um, he, yeah, he was the coach that brought us out of that rut, and it feels like it feels like the goats and some of those those there weren't that many players that were there before that and after that and came through the other side, um, and that says a lot. And I think they appreciate even just a small playoff run, um, and you can see the emotion from 
Brett Kern talking about, like that seven, that 2017 playoff win, the run in 2019, about how big and important those were to people. You know, there some you could judge, you could judge anyone by a Super Bowl, um, but some great players go through a career without ever having that. And Brett Kern nearly had that with the Eagles, which would have been a crazy way for it for it to end. Um, but in actual fact, he's obviously he'll he'll remember that. He'll remember how close he got. But um, I think he speaks far. But he'll speak remember far more fondly about those Titans playoff runs, which which meant the world to him. Um, yeah, it's uh, sort of sad times in a way, but I don't think it. It's not a a moment where we think. Well, that's that's this is wasted. He shouldn't go now. It just it feels the right it feels the right time and a good time to yeah remember remember his incredible career. Um, yeah, anything, any more memories to add? Um, I don't know. Jeffrey Simmons leaving him hanging. Uh, that is a classic. <laughs> I do I do enjoy watching that back? I have to admit, I actually enjoy watching the full the full video of it. The again talking about command and respect. Um, when he goes up to him afterwards and says, you know, like, never leaving him hanging or whatever, whatever he says. And oh, big, big Jeff was mortified. <laughs> he was, he was. And that's that's what I mean. A man who's three hundred pound or whatever he is, and and an absolute monster is is sitting there apologising to to the punter because he didn't give him a high five like that. For me, is like, yeah, we can talk about it, and it can be, uh, you know, it can be a funny thing to watch. But I think that was a sign of the respect that he commanded as a as a player. Which, as I say, he's a punter. No punter commands that respect. I don't know anyone who's played this game at that position who has commanded the respect. If there is, I've, it's, it's passed me by completely. But he's uh, yeah, he's one, one of a kind in that regard. And I think it will uh, it'll go a, a long way for any player in that position to uh, to command the same respect that Kern's had over the years. I also love the fact that we were 0-6 when, we, uh, when he first came in. It feels quite relevant. Yeah, quiet. yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, it feels quite apt. <laughs> um, people like Ryan Suckup and Bo Brinkley and all these guys turning up for this thing in Nashville. Um, and they were all dressed. Look, it looked like they were just going to play golf afterwards. Um, and they, <laughs> they weren't going to um, pack a separate outfit. And they were all dressed to go and play golf immediately. Um, and they're, yeah, they're just, they're mates. And you can tell. Um, and that... You can't see, you're watching the press conference, you can't see who's in the room, but I think every everybody who had press credentials were there. And like there are probably press conferences with Coach Brabel after a frustrating defeat that aren't as well attended as that was. <laughs> and yeah, it just it was there was just nothing but love in the room. I'll tell you one thing I want to see out of this and uh and I'll put this in if Nate, if you're listening, 12th Titan being at home in London, would love to see Brett Kern be the 12th Titan in that game. That would just be incredible <laughs> to be able to see him at the beginning of that game being the 12th. I mean, that would, for for, for us over here, that, that would be absolutely incredible. I'm sure there'd be a lot of people in that stadium who wouldn't have a clue what the hell's going on, but it would, uh, I think it'd bring a tear certainly to my eye. <laughs> um, oh, if, if he could come over for that game. Wow, just imagine... Um... Speaking of which, I would love to say we have some news on tickets, um, but I don't know what's going on there. Just while while we're on air, um, yeah, October the 15th against the Ravens at Tottenham. We still don't know any more about on-sale dates. Um, 
presumably season ticket renewals will happen. But even that doesn't seem to be confirmed. It's it's all heard, heard anything, no. Not heard a thing. Um, so yeah. Um it presumably the game will happen and some tickets will be sold. Um but yeah, as as at time of recording, only only premium packages have been on sale. So hopefully however it works, we'll be able to get tickets. You'll all be able to get tickets and we'll have a fantastic weekend in October. Um I don't know if there's any other Titans news. There probably is. Um, you know, Traylon Burks turning up by Cessna to get to OTAs on time. Um, I don't know. Well, it all we'll seems insignificant, doesn't it? Will Levis had a bad practice and now Twitter's blown up. Because <laughs> Malik Willis hit one of those little net things. Um, so he's, <laughs> he's, he's going to be the starter now. Um, well, he's one of those net things. Lamar Jackson. One of those net things is, is, I think, is the new wide receiver we just signed, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, possibly. I enjoyed the Vrabel statistic that he's had more, well, he's had more catching touchdowns than any of the players on the team. And I just felt like, were, I mean, it's for a future podcast, but Jesus, guys, we, I I know, I know we're worried about positions. Do we even mention, should we be going for D Hop? Because at this point, we do need something. It doesn't feel like the right way to do it, though. I don't know. That's a, that's a, future, that's a, future, that's a future episode. This is all about Brett Kern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get out. Let's. Well, actually, let's not get out of here. Let's have a quick... <laughs> a quick non-Titans related before we go. Um, Greg, you got anything to moan about? Yeah, something that was a, a relatively recently. Uh, I'm, I'm a sports fan across many, many different sports, and I have my moan at referees on a, a pretty regular basis. But one thing I've never done after a game is 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 go to an airport to find Jerome Boga to throw abuse at him because and and I don't understand why Roma fans after the Europa League final decided that they'll just go to the airport to uh, to Bucharest to just throw abuse at a referee. Not well, a the, the example they're following is their manager accosting him in a car park. Yeah, so... which, which also yeah, which absolutely is 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 a huge part of that. But I just, yeah, I just don't get where anyone. I mean. Whether you feel aggrieved or not, like the fact of the matter is, it is what it is. Him and his family were walking through an airport. I'm not a massive Anthony Taylor fan. I don't think he's the greatest referee in the world, but the man's, mean man's got a right to walk through an airport with his family. Yeah, with his yeah. family without being abused. And I mean, I think that I don't think there was loads of luckily no physical abuse. There was a couple of people bumping in, etc. But it's just ridiculous. Like we're 2023 and we're having to talk about a referee who's refereed a Europa League final and then getting abused in an airport is just ridiculous. Yeah, here, here. Um, Miles, anything to uh, get off your chest? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be polite with my words to say for mass editing, um, sadly, for everyone listening. Yeah, I, I'm assuming you've all seen the stupid stuff of Harry Kane at the moment saying how he could kick in the NFL, which I thought was oh. quite apt for in conversation with from one goat to a uh, uh, goat. Um, he, this this stuff bores me. I, I love Harry Kane, and it bores me. I get that the like, NFL UK and everyone wants to have like a storyline and stuff, but do we care? Like, he's not that... going to be an NFL kicker. Like, he's not. It's not. It, that just won't happen. Stop I it. hope he does against the Titans, and Simmons goes through him and snaps his leg. <laughs> 
<laughs> we can't we can't condone that any more than we can condone violence against referees. Come on. But I can't remember who it was. It, it happened to be on the Pat McAfee show where they were given it at a time, which particularly disappointed me. Um, but they were interviewing someone and someone, they, they basically said, will he be able to do it? And I said, well, yeah, he can probably kick a ball, but can he do it when there are 20-odd people running at him trying to kill him? I'd, to be honest, he's a footballer. Stick to football. It's like, it's not... No you know, you not know he's going to get a tryout somewhere, though, right? Once he's retired, he'll get a tryout at the team. Yeah, but like, whether he actually makes it or not is a completely different story. But well, he'll no, get a tryout. He won't. Of course he won't. It'll be a PR right. story. I mean, we he, don't know. We've not seen him kick a ball He's actually kicking a ball lower than a crossbar, though. So, like, I would understand if you picked, like, Bobby Zamora, who was famous for kicking a ball. <laughs> John, John Mussini was good at that, in fairness. Someone who could nail the ball high off target. <laughs> He was, was the guy playing for Coventry in the penalty shootout the other day. Oh, Sign, sign really him up. Sign him up. <laughs> is that when the ball hits your head and you're sat in real Z, that's Lamora. Oh, that's, that is, oh, he boy. is prime. That but is Harry bang Kane on. Is... How has Bobby Zamora never made it as a kicker? It's, 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 it's bad enough that they're picking someone who's accurate at hitting a target that's low down, but yeah, at least pick someone who can't kick on target that's high. Hold on, it's not too late, Bobby. You can do it. Like, oh, just... I did. Listen, I'd have Bobby Zamora at the Titans in a heartbeat. <laughs> there we go. We we have solved that. Can kickers wear twenty five though? Because he always wore twenty five, didn't he? Oh, anyone can wear any number in the NFL now. Like, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. Gamblers can wear zero. Anything it doesn't matter. Whatever. Oh you yeah, want. that that that. Yeah, I don't. I don't agree with that. I saw Murphy Bunting coming out the other day, and I was like, it just doesn't look right. It looks weird. Hmm. Yeah, well, it's it. it's almost as if they need extra number spots because of the stupid rules and relaxations that they've they've done in the last couple of years. And um, there you go. Although it doesn't help the fact that the Titans are clearly going to retire six, so that's another one gone. Or they should. If they're not, they should. Did um, he sign a one-day contract? Don't know. Because that's that's that seems to be the thing. Normally, normally they right? do that if it's in season, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Be interested to see if he did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you should sign, you should sign a, a lifetime contract and just constantly get paid anyway, in my opinion. <laughs> Agreed. Sorry, just... sorry, 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 Amy, but it's true. <laughs> it is true. Um, our best, biggest, don't care about the salary cap, making the best, highest <laughs> yeah. paid player on the team. Can you imagine? Heads would roll over on Twitter being like, why is, why is there another half a million for Brett Kern coming out of the cap space this year? He retired 10 years ago. <laughs> I don't know. Just restructure his deal every year. It'll be fine. Just push <laughs> yeah. it, keep pushing it down the road. <laughs> it's just come back to me in a point do, do you think NFL UK will think can Kern play in the Premier League for Spurs because he can kick in the NFL I've just done a quick sorry my head's I mean, still I'm not happy with the whole situation to be honest he would, he would, he would definitely do a job for Spurs 100% be a manager <laughs> take him yeah anywhere well, yeah bring it on although I wouldn't wish that on him to be honest no no one, no um, one would a very, very quick grumpy old man moan to finish for me, um, if I may. Um, well, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, we went to, as a family of four, a 40th birthday party a couple of weeks back, a Saturday evening. Um, I know I'm hanging around with youngsters that are young, as young as 40. It's incredible. Um, but this is someone that this is someone that Emma knows. It's uh, nobody there I knew. Um, but we're like, okay, we'll go go along as a family. It might be all right. Few, few drinks, a bit of food, uh, but this the venue that they picked for this birthday bash, and including inviting a lot of kids, 
um, was the cellar bar of some pub with just loud music and they had a DJ and you walked as soon as you go down the stairs into the cellar bar, um, you, the heat hits you, the, the beat of the music hits you, couldn't hear anything anyone said in there. Um, you couldn't, there's no seats. It's just a dance floor and a bar serving absolutely dreadful beer. Um, within 30 seconds, I just, I had just wanted to leave. Um, and like it's utter, utterly pointless. Maybe the problem is me, um, but I am at the age. Maybe I've always been at the age. I want to. I want to have a conversation with people, especially whether well whether I know the people there or not. I mean, I didn't really know anyone there, but I'm not going to be able to get to know anyone or be friendly with anyone if you can't hear a single thing they say. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'm not considerably younger. I am younger. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm, Humble brag. I'm, I'm 31 uh, years young. Uh, hello, uh, hello, Harry. Um, <laughs> and I, it, it, this could be a whole separate non Titans where I hate two things about bar slash clubs. Is one, if I have to queue for a drink when there's people making cocktails for four days, it drives me insane. But not being able to sit down. And oh, have a this place had cocktails on insane. tap, Miles. Cocktails on tap. Was that um, like just like. Like, like like beer taps, but like pina colada out of one and like strawberry daiquiri out of another. I imagine they were dreadful. I didn't have it. Oh. Yeah, that's the thing. I thought you were going to suggest that you were going to like a... Did he have Funky Forest down south? I thought that's where they were going to have the 40th party. I Might mean, be a lot Yeah, you've what, lost the warehouse, me. Funky Forest? No, funky, no, funky no, no forest idea. sounds like the worst place in the world, but that's the conversation for another time. <laughs> But yes, you have to be able to sit down and have a conversation. None of this standing and no, uh, makes me sick. I mean, going, I'll be honest with you. This this could be a non-times related every single week for me. Going to any event where it's not related to my friends or my family is, is actually quite painful. Yeah, just, but just, this, that, just, that's true. Talking talking like going to weddings when when you're when it's like your partner's friend's wedding, it's it's just pulling teeth in it. It's small talk. You're literally sitting there, like trying to find someone who's got something in common with you, and you're always sat at a table where you've got someone, like people who just have nothing in common with you in any way, and then you just, you are literally there, just wanting to tear your own eyeballs out. Make sure you tell the people around the table that that's a conversation. I know they, they could tell by my face. I think as soon as I ask them, say, "Do you like, do you like football?" No, oh, for f's sake. <laughs> Thank you. Save, save, save you a job, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> and you get nowhere. Well, no. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'd even talk about Premier League football, and you know how, how much I hate Premier League football. I'd even talk about that. That's like, there's a little bit there. I can, I can. No, you end up getting people always. It's just like, no, I don't like sport. That's it. All right, great. Greg has nothing else in his life. That's it. Um... Off. You can edit this now. <laughs> Right, on that note, let's get out of here. Um, go well, Brett Kern. We love you. Um, tighten up always um, the goats. They're coming after him with everybody. They block four punts this season. Most in the league. And Kern gets a line drive punt away. That's bounding to a halt at the one. Perfection.